You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. The SEC announces their revenue distribution from last year. The SEC going up in profits year over year, but we'll tell you why uh, that's a little bit uh, asterisk to it compared to uh, the year prior. The fiscal year ended in August. It didn't include the bulk of the football season with COVID. Anyway, we'll get into that in just a second. Also, we're going to catch up with one of the best ever doing, an SEC great and, of course, an NFL legend, Emmett Smith is going to join us. We'll hit on a number of topics with him. And a big weekend ahead for SEC hoops as we head into the backstretch of the SEC schedule. Only around eight games remain for most teams. So not much room for error. you got to rack up all the wins you can here as you try to put together a good resume to make the NCAA tournament. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump right into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. The SEC announced their revenue distribution from last year. And Commissioner Greg Sankey announced yesterday $657 million of total revenue would be divided among the 14 schools in the conference for the fiscal year that ended back on August 31st, 2020. So this does not include this past football season, but it breaks down to around $45.5 million per school. Obviously, that money gets distributed in a lot of different ways, including financial aid for a lot of student-athletes, campus improvements, and a lot went this year to medical care, safety protocols, and much more. But bulk of that money comes from the TV agreements like the SEC Network and the CBS deal, as well as postseason bowl games, the college football playoff, SEC basketball tournament, which didn't really happen in 2020, but uh, a lot of different avenues that this money comes from but the average distributed to sec schools the year prior was around a million dollars less so they still made an increase year over year but when they do this coming a year from now you know when the fiscal year ends this coming august it's gonna be a lot significantly less because they lost a lot of money in football in 2020 but regardless that still is a lot of money for those schools to adjust and use that money accordingly. I, I, I tell you this all the time, but every time I travel around the SEC and I go on a new or, or on a different campus, every time I go to one, and you know it's been a while since I've been on one just because of lack of being able to travel to games and all that, but every time I go to a, an SEC campus, I see something new. A new building, a new landmark, new apartments, new condos, new everything. It's just so funny. Every time you go... You can see that money at work. The SEC money shows when you go to SEC schools. It is definitely at work. Over at Alabama, we know by now Nick Saban is quick to turn the page when it comes to winning championships. I remember hearing stories throughout the years that, you know, the night Nick Saban wins a championship, he's very quick to ask guys, hey, are you coming back? I think one of the famous ones, the early ones, when he won his first championship at LSU, his quarterback, Matt Mock was a little bit older. He had played baseball before and decided to come play quarterback for Saban. And rumor has it late, later that night, while they're at the Superdome celebrating the championship, Saban called 
Matt Mock aside and said, hey, I need to know, are you coming back? And Matt Mock said, what? Coach, we're trying to celebrate a championship. And Saban's like, yeah, yeah, but I need to know, are you coming back next year? Because if not, i got to start, you know, ahead with plan B. It's just crazy. Like, dude, take a minute to enjoy the moment. Well, Chris Lowe of ESPN, he was on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday, and he shared a story of Nick Saban following this year's national championship game. He's constantly thinking ahead to the next recruiting class. Listen, they got back from Miami on Monday afternoon about, I don't know, the plane got in at 4 or 5 o'clock. They had a staff meeting at 7.30 a.m. on Wednesday. And talking to some people that were in that staff meeting, they said you would have never known or had any idea that we just won a national championship. If you ever wanted to tell a story about Nick Saban and how he's wired, that's it. I mean, he's constantly looking ahead. Next challenge. He loved telling the story about Michael Jordan, that, that you know, all the game-winning shots that Jordan hit, it was always the next one, the next one that he was going to hit. Saban exactly the same way. So in case you were wondering if Nick Saban is going to retire anytime soon, it doesn't seem like it. Danny Sheridan, who's a regular guest on the Paul Feinbaum show, he uh, said this yesterday. I was asked to put an over-under on Nick Saban retiring. I wasn't kidding when I said 80, and I would take the over on that said, do you think he'd rather sit at a desk, do TV commentary, or be on the field with his players? He's a football coach. That's what he loves to do. So, bad news for the rest of the SEC and all of college football, for that matter, that uh, Nick Saban doesn't appear to be going any, anywhere anytime soon. Over at Vanderbilt, head coach Clark Lee, he is adding an NFL vet uh, to his staff of coaches, Buffalo Bills assistant linebackers coach John let me see if I can do this right. Igorugu? I think I got the E-G-O-R-U-G-W-U. He's going to be Vandy's new linebackers coach. Uh, he had coached in the NFL since 2015, and prior to that, he was an assistant coach at Missouri State. So he's going to work with former Ravens DBs coach Jesse Minter, who was already named Vanderbilt's new defensive coordinator. Vandy also hired... Louisiana assistant Lamar Morgan to be their new cornerbacks coach. So Clark Lee dipping his hand into the NFL, building up his assistant coaching staff there. See if it pays off for him. I saw this story out of Tennessee. Uh, If you're wondering if it was money well spent, Tennessee paid the search firm Parker Executive Search $120,000 for its work helping New athletic director Danny White hire his head coach Josh Heupel, who of course had worked for Danny White the previous three years at UCF. Tennessee used the Atlanta-based search firm to assist White during the, co- the coaching search, and that produced Heupel's hire on January 27th. Heupel, uh, as we mentioned, was head coach at Central Florida, so it's not like they had to look very far Uh, Tennessee also used Parker in the AD search that produced Danny White. That, too, carried a $120,000 fee to the search firm. All I know is I want to work for that search firm (laughs) where you get with Danny White. You go, so, Danny, who are you thinking of hiring? Well, I'm thinking of bringing over the guy that I've just had for three years. Man, that's a great move. We we give the stamp approval on that one. That'll be $120,000. Outstanding. Parker Executive Search. I would like to join your staff tomorrow. Knoxville News uh, via a public records request obtained the uh, search firm's 
letters of understanding with UT that outlined those fees. So pretty interesting there. Lastly, Texas A&M, they added a four-star quarterback for their class of 2022 yesterday in Connor Wegman. Wegman, Wegman. He is a uh, two-sport athlete who also plays baseball. Billy Lucci from Texags referred to Wegman as a game-changing threat at quarterback. Says he definitely has the it factor when it comes to making magic, hap- magic happen, so a solid get out of uh, high school in Houston for Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. And there you have it. That is around the conference. When we return, our conversation with one of the best to ever do it, the one and only Emmett Smith, coming up next. Hey, guys, it is Super Bowl weekend, and that means coming up Sunday night, whether you're getting together with some family or friends or just uh, watching it on your couch by your lonesome, make the game a little bit more interesting. Look, you got the commercials, you got the halftime show, you got all that, but you want to get in on the action, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code LOCKEDON you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. We've been telling you all week, they got the betting line. It's right around Tampa plus three. They're an underdog. You can take them as a favorite if, or, or take them as uh, an outright winner if you think that they can uh, win as the underdog. Or if you think the Chiefs will cover and you want to take them minus the three, you can do that as well. But plenty of prop bets in addition to the coin toss and who's going to score the first touchdown and all that kind of stuff. They've got it all for you at betonline.ag. Look, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories in sports with analysis from our local experts. Start your day off right with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today, wherever you get your podcasts. One of the great SEC running backs of all time, obviously a fantastic career at the University of Florida, then a legendary NFL running back with the Dallas Cowboys, Emmett Smith. I was able to catch up with him yesterday on my uh, regular radio show. And while we didn't get to talk a whole lot of SEC football, we did hit on a number of NFL topics, among other things. Just had a great conversation overall with one of the best to ever do it. So I thought I would share that with you guys. Here's our interview with the one and only Emmett Smith. Great to catch up with Emmett Smith right now. Emmett, how are you, my man? Brother, I am good. How are you guys doing? Emmett, the, uh, one of the biggest stories in the sports world currently is Deshaun Watson and could he be traded? Where is he going to end up in the NFL? Your thoughts on the uh, former Clemson uh, quarterback being unhappy where he is in Houston? You know, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I know when North Turner came, before North Turner came, Jimmy Johnson came to me and said, we're going to get somebody here that, that knows how to get you to football. He said that to me. That's all he said. Now, that was enough for me to believe not only in my coach, but to believe that the organization was going to do what is right by me as a running back. But not only that, by us as a football team. I think the problem with, with – uh, and they ended up bringing North Turner in, which, which uh, brought in the offense that was suitable for Michael, Troy, myself, and everything that we were able to do, and we went on a run from that point on. Uh, and so I think the thing that, that – that's 
that's that's hurting Houston is one trust has been broken, and that trust is broken not only with your franchise quarterback, but I think that trust filters its way straight through the entire team, and it's also going to end up affecting the entire organization. Chemistry has been broken. In order for a team to or an organization to be successful, that team has to have team chemistry. So if trust is broken and chemistry is broken, you're in the rebuilding process of, of the character of the organization and the, the belief that you can be successful. And, and it starts with your starting quarterback. And, and you, you damaged it um, when you allow one of your best players to leave. Uh, or be traded away. And that right there sent a message that everybody's sitting back like saying, what? Huh? Why? <laughs> kind of the same thing that we went through when Jimmy Johnson left. Like, huh? <laughs> it's the same thing. And and it just changed everything from that point forward. And your team was not at the level that it needed to be and not had enough don't does does not have enough leadership on it to hold everything together. And then when you come back and you do this on top of that, you just broke the spine of the entire organization. And I don't think people realize that. People that are sitting in high position making decisions, they don't think about those consequences because it's their money. They get to do what they want to do with it. And they get to make whatever decisions that they want. And you have to live with it. And that mentality itself is recognized throughout the entire team. And if that's how you feel about it and how you feel about me as a player and how you feel about other, other players and you don't care about how we feel, then I don't want to play for you. I want to go play for somebody that believes in me, believes in us, and going to put things around us to help us become successful. And right now I can't trust that you're going to do that because you traded away one of the best players we had in the organization. Emmett, what do you make of where the Cowboys are right now with having to pay Dak Prescott, him coming off of that injury, former Mississippi State quarterback? uh, Look, when he was healthy, he was really, really good this past season, but obviously a lot of questions with the injury. What do you make of the whole situation with Dallas? I think think we're in a critical position right now. Um, And I think the decision that we make will be very similar to what I just stated. Um, Either you're going to commit yourself to Dak Prescott as I – as our franchise quarterback, or you're not. Um, this this wavering and this 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 uh, second guessing and trying to wait for this person and that person and all that kind of stuff, whatever it is that you're thinking about, Dak Prescott needs to know where he stands. The rest of the team needs to know where Dak Prescott stands and where they stand. And we need to get on about the business of playing football and, and the business of building um, – rebuilding the franchise to the point where we're competing not only in the playoff, but we're contending for the NFC championship game with the opportunity to go win another Super Bowl because it's been 25 years. And this going sideways is just not going to get it. It's just not going to cut it. Emma, you had a phenomenal college career at Florida. Of course, you had 15 years in the league, uh, 13 with the Dallas Cowboys. Was it hard for you adjusting to life after football? Did it it take a while for you to adjust? I don't. In my mind's eye, I don't think it took that long. If you ask my wife or somebody, she may say, well, I may have struggled with it. But for me, I went straight into the real estate business because I knew what I wanted to do when I got done. So I didn't have a – in my mind, I didn't take the time to 
to think about what I wanted to do. I already knew what I wanted to do, so I felt like I got right engaged into the industry. The tough part about getting engaged in the industry is the transitional phase of learning uh, new systems, learning new processes, uh, and the hardest part was organizing my life on a daily basis because I had other people organize it for me. I mean, we had a schedule. I adhered to the schedule. I had, once it got to the complex, we had organized, we had meetings, we had certain kind of meetings, we had break times, we had lunch time, all that kind of stuff was different. And we had that. So in business, you have to organize and set your own schedule, especially when you're your own boss. And learning a new trade, a new skill set, that was something new, something exciting. And uh, today I know those things and, uh, and I appreciate those things now. And and in the beginning, it was all new. It was all fun. It was all exciting. And so I didn't think much about football at that time. And uh, now I'm out doing what I want to do. <laughs> Emmett, a lot of people were excited uh, when your son signed on the dotted line last year to go to Stanford and obviously start his college career. And then this pandemic hits and the Pac-12 is not playing football. Then they come back and they are. And then games are getting canceled left and right. What did uh, what did EJ have to say about his first year in college? Because I know it probably wasn't everything he was hoping it would be. No, it really wasn't everything that he hoped it to be. But I tell you what, he he, he enjoyed and loved his teammates um, because they did something. He said, "Dad," he called me one day. He said, "Dad, now I know what it feels like to be a professional athlete." Hmm. Because the last three weeks of football, they spent on the road. They went to Washington and spend a week up in Washington because when California shut down, it kicked the football team out of the state of California in order to prepare for games. So they spent their games in, in Washington, playing against Washington, practicing in Washington, going to Washington State, uh, taking a bus ride over there, doing, staying there for about a week, going to um, Southern California and playing UCLA in the Rose Bowl and staying up in uh, – uh, um, I forget where they stayed, but Malibu, I believe it was – and practicing there. So his last three weeks of football was on the road. Mm. And so when it was over and said and done, he was so happy to come home because he wanted a place of stability. And, and once he got here, it was like, I don't want to move. I don't want to stay in another hotel. I don't want to move around. I, I'm good. I'm good right now. <laughs> but I think right now he's at the place where now we're training him and he's getting ready to go back to Stanford because, um, He's slated to go back on the 20th, and I get a chance to work with him a little bit more before he goes back, but he's excited about where Stanford is heading. He's ex- excited about his freshman class of last year and what they were able to accomplish. And uh, they, sh- they they are the team that probably should have played in the, uh, in the Pac-12 championship game. Emmett, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Y'all be good and be safe. All right, there you have it, the great – Emmett Smith right there joining us here on Locked on SEC. When we return, we're going to take a look at the weekend of SEC hoops. It's around that time of year where the weather is cold outside, your car starts doing weird things because it's like, wait a minute, it was just hot, now it's cold, now it's hot again, where depending upon where you live, you might need some parts for your car And there is only one place that we recommend that you take it, and that is rockauto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from 
engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, whatever you need to do for your car, they have it for you at rockauto.com. Their catalog is unique, very easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose from the brands, the specifications, and prices that you prefer. And best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers like you and I. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts in one of those big box stores? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. All right, rolling along here, locked on SEC. Time for a fresh start here in 2021 and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. Mentioned earlier, another uh, big weekend of SEC hoops underway this weekend there are a lot of games uh, going on and you know, I was just looking at some of the team's schedules and man when you look at it and see uh, all right well basically you know most teams have about eight games left and that's you know depending on if they're going to make up some of these games that got postponed and all that sort of thing but uh, as you look at it man the, it's starting to get pretty tight we know when you look at the standings it's Alabama the lone undefeated SEC team at 10-0 and but behind them, man, it is a jumbled mess from Missouri to LSU to Arkansas, Florida, Tennessee, all those teams that either 5-3, and 5-4, and 6-4, and four, some variation. There's a, a four-way tie right there with um, Mizzou, LSU, Arkansas, Florida. Tennessee's just half a game back. And then uh, Kentucky and South Carolina, just a game and a half back of that whole grouping. So a lot to be figured out here. And on Saturday, there is a lot of action. So let's jump into it, taking a look at some of the games. Saturday, 11 a.m. Central, 12 Eastern on ESPN. A big one, man. Number 10, Alabama, going to number 18, Missouri. We mentioned Missouri 12-3 and on the year, 5-3 and in the conference. But a monster game. This, If Missouri can find a way... To win this one in Columbia, that would be quite a feather in the cap for Mizzou and would basically mean they're well on their way to finishing at least second in the conference. Because at this point, I just don't think Alabama's going to lose a bunch of games down the stretch. Like they will be your SEC winner, but we'll see uh, how this one plays out. But that's a heck of an early matchup on Saturday morning. To get into the afternoon, 1 p.m. Central. 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. So immediately following that game, we will get number 22, Florida, at LSU. LSU still licking their wounds a little bit after uh, getting beat up by Alabama once again for the second time this past week and had a heartbreaking loss against Texas Tech last weekend, the game that they had them beat and lost. But LSU's been struggling. They were missing their big man, Darius Days, down low against Alabama the other night. So they need to regroup and find a way to win. And, Florida, on the other hand, man, they had run off four in a row, wins that is, before they laid an egg the other night against South Carolina at home, losing that one 72-66. to So the Gators need to bounce back in a big way as they're fighting for that second spot in the SEC standings and, of course, fighting for supremacy in the SEC East. 
Also in the afternoon, 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern on the SEC Network. we got Mississippi State taking on South Carolina. I just mentioned South Carolina getting that big win at Florida. Mississippi State, they are fresh off a beatdown at the hands of Arkansas. So Mississippi State looking to keep their head above water at 10-9 and currently. So a big game for Mississippi State going on the road to Columbia at Colonial Life Arena. 30 minutes later, 3 o'clock Central, 4 Eastern on ESPN2. We'll get Auburn versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss, a little scrappy team. They've been playing better as of late, while Auburn, they've now lost two in a row. They gave it a, a dogfight against Baylor. Gave it their best effort, but they end up uh, losing that home game uh, midweek to Georgia. Not a good way to, uh, or, or a good way to ruin any momentum they were trying to build there. Ole Miss, of course, got the big win earlier in the week against uh, Tennessee at home, beating them 52-50. to So that was a big feather in their cap. First time they'd beaten a ranked team in quite a while. So that should be a good one on ESPN2 at Auburn on Saturday afternoon. As we get into the evening, 5 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Eastern on the SEC Network. It'll be Vandy at Georgia. Vandy's just had a rough go, man. Scotty Pippen Jr. has been really fun to watch, but... Uh, Georgia's sitting there at 11 and 6, 4 and 6 in the conference. They are sneaky, man. If they could find a way to win this one, get to 5 and 6, Georgia Bulldogs could have uh, play a little spoiler role down the stretch in the SEC. And then the nightcap, the big one on ESPN, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern from Rupp Arena. The Kentucky Wildcats, no room for error at this point. I mean, they basically have to, I don't want to say win out, but. They basically have to win out. You're sitting at 5-11 and 11 with eight games remaining. If they're going to do anything to build up their resume, look, they could do some damage in the SEC tournament, but, man, it is uh, it is getting dire straits. They need to find a way to win. If you're Tennessee and you just take that loss to Ole Miss, you got to find a way to win this game against Kentucky, get to 13-4. and four. That would put you at 6-4 and four in the conference. It's still fighting, but man, if you lose this one, you drop to 500, 5-5 five five in the SEC would not be pretty for the Vols. So, two teams fighting for different reasons. That'll be a really fun one to watch on Saturday night. And then the other game, we mentioned earlier in the week, Texas A&M, their game, midweek game, got postponed because they've been dealing with COVID issues. Still dealing with COVID issues. So, their game against Arkansas for Saturday has already been postponed. I know Arkansas is a hungry team, 14-5 overall, 6-4 and four in the conference, but they are uh, they're a really good team, and so um, we expect them to take care of business at home against Texas A&M. But see when that if and when that game gets rescheduled, and that is your slate across the SEC on Saturday. Some really good games all day long, and uh, again, like we mentioned, only a couple of weeks left of SEC action. And before we know it, we'll be into the tournament. Expect to have an SEC tournament. Expect to have an NCAA tournament. So exciting to uh, get back into some postseason basketball action because we missed that this past year of course the what they play a, a couple of games in the sec tournament before they got called off in nashville craziness crazy to think that was a year ago but uh coming up on it one year anniversary of the whole world stopping particularly the sports world across america but uh here's hoping fingers crossed could things continue to get better day by day that is going to do it for us chris gordy uh, here on the Locked On SEC podcast. We appreciate Emmett Smith joining us yesterday and some uh, 
great content all week long. If you missed it, we had a good interview with Israel uh, Muguamu, cornerback from South Carolina. Caught up with former Auburn Tiger Derek Brown as well. Catch all those on the podcast, either LockedOnSEC.com or just search LockedOnSEC wherever you get your podcast. We will talk to you guys on Monday, recap a weekend of SEC hoops and anything else that happens in the world of the SEC football, new football hires or whatever else. We'll recap it all for you on Monday. Talk to you guys then.